on track. The only thing matters is a win. That's it. However, whatever, whatever it takes. Let's go, man. Let's win on three. One, two, three. Win. Live. 319. In the entertainment capital of the world. Vikings blitz. Manning got it off the rare deep throw. And maybe that's why they don't do it. Intercepted by Xavier Rhodes. It's the T.C. Martin Show. They're not used to this damn heat. They over there trying to set up damn pits over there on the sideline. Hey, it's Ron. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Okay, well, I ain't going to worry about you no more. 300 yards, four touchdowns. <laughs> It's so sweet when you walk off the field knowing you gave everything you got. Team win tonight. The doctor is now in. How you like me now? 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 Our number deuce right here on a Thursday. T.C. Martin Ballpark Frank with you. You know it. The show now, 2 to 4 p.m., Two hours of nonstop sports talk coming your way. Streaming live, tcmartinshow.com, wherever you may be. Rolling around Las Vegas or wherever you might be. We're huge in Canada. Do you know that, Numbchuck, don't you? Huge in Canada. Winnipeg's loving us right now. Green Bay, Chicago, Frank's alma mater over there in Podunk, uh, Illinois. Where's that at? Podunk? And, uh, that's Iowa, right? From Crystal Lake, Illinois. Love it's Crystal Lake. of Chicago. I know Crystal Lake. Come on, man. It's beautiful, man. Come beautiful. on, man. We got listeners in Crystal Lake, don't we? we probably on the internet, net for sure. That's yeah, what TC we're talking Martin about. Com. There it is. I mean, they better be listening. There it is. You know, Crystal Lake. Uh, Algonquin is where my best friend lives, and uh, I know he listens to some of the shows out there. When I was in high school, my uncle was the mayor of Algonquin. The mayor of Algonquin. I love that. Can you say Algonquin three times real fast? Just like Ashwaubenon in Green Bay. See, people don't realize, you know, Ken Thompson gave us a great shout-out with uh, Lambeau Field there, uh, Holmgren Way, Lombardi Avenue, 1265 Lombardi, the address. And when you're in Green Bay, they just said, oh, okay, we've got to get down to 1265 today for a press conference. And most people go, what are you talking about? But if you're from Green Bay and you cover the Packers, you know that what that means. And, uh, yeah, he's right. Hotel rooms, uh, restaurants, uh, you know, right there. Uh, your boy's uh, steakhouse right across the street from Lambeau Field as well, too. Number maybe, four steakhouse? Yeah, maybe we should. Uh, you know, that's where I did my very first show. You know, that's actually how I got the job in Green Bay. I don't know if you know that story. Won't bore you with it now. But, yeah, I was doing a, a remote, and uh, I was doing it at number four steakhouse there. Look at me. I'm not even saying his name now. I'm, I'm falling into your thing here. There you go. That's how I ended up in Green Bay, at number four steakhouse. Well, there you the go. New York was great, too, So, by the so way. you've mentioned every street in Green Bay. If you go to Algonquin and you go to the Algonquin City yeah. Hall, you know what street it's on? It's on Harness Drive. Really? Named and after my uncle. They actually changed, they named the street and when they built the new city hall after my uncle. My Uncle Vern. It, Uncle Vern. Yeah, and one of my good friends uh, lived in Algonquin Circle in Green Bay. So what do you think of that? We've come full circle now. There you go. There it is. Algonquin, of course, the old. Uh, we got to get. You, uh, hold on. Native American. You have tribe. been, ha, you've had, you've been to Green Bay before. Right? I have not. You've never been to Green Bay? No. I know you've never been to Lambeau. I've been to Milwaukee. Ever... I've been to Camp Randall Stadium. I've been That's, to other you're places. You're going a different direction, man. I, I drove through Janesville. And, well, Janesville? We, we, well, I only That's mentioned way that. up there. No, I know. We were on our way actually to a Minnesota North Stars game <laughs> because we found out that there was a hockey game that night. And so uh, one of our friends was driving the car, and uh, all of a sudden we see lights behind us from an unmarked squad car, and she goes, do you think that's for us? I'm like, uh, Rennie, you're doing 125. I think it's probably for us. <laughs> right, right. One of the very first times I drove from Chicago, because it was one of those uh, September days, so I went to Chicago, spent a few days there, 
uh, went to see the Cubs and then had tickets for a Packers preseason game and made the drive for the very first time from Chicago to, to Green Bay. And it was like midnight and uh, on uh, uh, I-43 there. And then I got pulled over for not doing 125 but doing the same thing. And then I got pulled over, and I don't know what it was. And being you know from California and being here uh, in Las Vegas, which I lived before that too, I got pulled over by a Mountie. I had this, you know, had you know something out of the cartoons, you know, with the big hat and all that kind of stuff. And then you, you let over. a horse pull you over? And, uh, <laughs> I know I'm saying <laughs> Dudley Dudley Do Right pulled you over. Somebody pulled me over that looked like <laughs> looked like that. And then he comes up with a yeah, you're you're going you're going to pass the speed limit there. And I'm going, where am I right now? And I said, uh, sir, can you tell me where I can find the uh, Welcome to Titletown sign? And he goes, what? <laughs> You're still like 50, 50 miles outside of that. So, God, it was a nice guy. Did not give us a ticket because I said, hey, going to Green Bay, first time there, this and that. Oh, go pack, go. And, and let me off with a warning. No ticket, no nothing. There you go. Meanwhile, I would have had my meanwhile I would have had my Bears license plate on me, and he would have thrown me in the, uh, in, the in jail for the weekend. Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you're in the Brown County Jail, no doubt about it. <laughs> we got to go to Green Bay and do the show in Green Bay. You'd be down for that, wouldn't you? Like I say, as long as I can redo the uh, Who's Next album cover on Lambeau Field. <laughs> By the way, you know the only reason that Green Bay is still in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Oh, jeez, what is this? Go ahead. No, this this is a true story because when I read the book Hallis by Hallis about George yeah. Hallis. When the NFL, when Rooney and some of the other owners said that Green Bay, they didn't want cities like that around anymore, they wanted to kick Green Bay out of the NFL. And George Hallis, owner of the Bears, said, look, we need rivalries like this, and if you try to kick them out of the NFL, I will get Curly Lambeau and me, and we will personally go after you and crush your league, and we will start our own league. So they said, fine, Green Bay can stay but that's the last small town like that, and that's when they started going to bigger cities. So the Green Bay Packers are only still in Green Bay, Wisconsin, because of George Hallis. He had a chance to get rid of them, and he insisted they stay because of the rivalry with the Bears. More of the reason why you should love the Packers, because George Hallis and Curly Lambeau we're tight, and so is Vince Lombardi and George Hallis. Yes, I know, but it Come makes on, me... Come on, man. It's like family. It, it, instead of making me love the Packers, it makes me not like George Hallis they nearly as much. They quit betting on the Packers now, then, all right? Now, were you, you, were you one of the people that would get upset when they would play some other games in Milwaukee? Well, yes and no to that. Yes. Uh, I First of all, I did not like the configuration of County Stadium where you had to have both benches on the same sideline. You line. didn't like the baseball park for the football the, the, games? But I was used to that because we saw that in in Oakland and San Francisco and, and kicking so, field goals off pitchers' mounds it, yeah, and stuff never like that. Li- exactly. Yeah, in between <laughs> second and third base. Exactly. They K- should have kept the mound up. That would have made yeah, it even ex- more. Ex- exactly. But you know, we saw that in Oakland for all those years when I was growing oh, yeah. up in Sacramento. So you were kind of used to that, but I didn't like it. But yeah, and then after I moved there, I said, you know, this really was wrong to take these games away uh, from Green Bay. And then, you know, they remember it used to be way back when it split half and half, like, you know, four and four. Uh, well, actually, they only played seven home games back in those days. And uh, so then they said. three and a half and three and a half? Yeah. First half down here. Pack it up. Let's go extend the halftime. The second half we played in Green Bay. Oh, wait. TC's driving. He'll let the Mounties just get us right through. We can speed up there. A horse is a horse, of course, of course. All there right, Mr. Go. Ed. Oh, Wilbur. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, and so so here's the way the Packers have it now. When they moved everything to to Lambeau Field, 
they had all of those Milwaukee season ticket holders, so they have a green package and a gold package. And now the gold package, they only give two games a year to for the Milwaukee fans, and the Milwaukee fans have to come up there and do that. And you know what happens? And the Green Bay fans kind of laugh. There's a little rivalry between the Packer fans and Milwaukee fans. And usually they stick with the Milwaukee fans with the two worst games. It's true. They do. Well, of they, course they, they do. They never give them the Why good games. Why would they not? I know. They're not going to put the Bears and the Vikings uh, on that package. They, they usually get the Lions, and then they'll get you know somebody <laughs> like Tampa Bay, when Tampa Bay is usually not very good. That's what they usually get. Or they'll get some scrub AFC team, you know? They'll get, like the Bengals or the, or the Browns. And then, yeah, the Milwaukee people come up there, and, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's whole different. Whole different ball game. The Milwaukee people come up there. The Milwaukee people come up there. Yeah, they do. <laughs> do they argue about whose brats and sausages are better? <laughs> there is a rivalry with that, my friend, too. You I do. figured there, there is. was. That's, that's why I wanted to bring it up. Clements. Clements is a Milwaukee thing, right? And I'm not a Clements fan at all. And then you got Johnsonville, you know, in Green Bay. So, yeah, Johnsonville wins out. No Clements. Clements in Milwaukee at Miller Park. Well, Johnsonville, Johnsonville is all over the country. Field. Yeah. They, well, it's but look where it started. They it's have there. the 18-wheel grill. I mean, yeah. come on. They got to win, don't they? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Hey, I, I'm telling you, man, Green Bay, I had some great times there. And, you know, like, uh, Ken, you know, he's always he's old, calls me a Wisconsin guy. Remember, I wasn't born and raised there, okay? I, just, I spent 12 years well, there. Well, no, because you're you Mr. Know? Sacktone. Yeah, there you go. That's right. So the job takes us where we go in this crazy business that we have. So sometimes you got to move all across the country. And I love my time. I've gone to Henderson a couple times. (laughs) Hendertucky. I know this is a, you. You make the trek from Chicago to Vegas, and you don't even leave Vegas. You don't even leave the west side of Vegas. Can't get you to come out to to Hendert. Tucky, as you like to call it. And then I can't even get you to go back to Chicago. I'm sure the heck not going to get you to go to Lambeau Field of Green Bay. So why am I even trying? And I have friends, I have friends of mine that I, I can't believe how many Packer fan friends I have. Oh, yeah. They're all yeah. over the place. They are. Uh, my, A lot my, of those guys are bandwagoners, he, too. He, you know, our buddy Armando, who listens yeah. to the show all the time, mm-hmm. if he can't catch it live because he's working, he always listens to the podcast and that. His boss is a diehard Packer fan. He, he used to be on the sidelines. He got the guys down on the sideline yeah. for a game. He's got a Super Bowl ring from those guys. I probably have seen this guy or met this guy, and I didn't even know this guy, you know, when he's here and I was back there. Who knows? Could have seen him on the sidelines. You might have. Who knows? But uh, Green Bay, you can get some great food, man. You know, uh, you can re- you'll know what I'm talking about with this, but uh, remember the cereal Quisp? Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorites. Okay, you can't, you know, can't get it here. Couldn't get into Sacramento, and I was on the radio one day doing my show in Green Bay, and I was talking about Quisp and Quake, and the guys were saying, like, well, what's, what's a big deal? I said, I, I, I missed that cereal. I haven't had it since I was a kid. Well, you can get it here in Green Bay. I go, there's no way. Sure enough, a guy calls who works at a store, Woodman's in Green Bay, says, yeah, we got Quisp. It's on aisle nine. I go, no way. And I put the guy on the phone. I said, are, you, are we talking about the same thing? He goes, yeah. He goes, you know the blue box with the funny, you know, the saucer? The guy, I go, that's, that's my cereal. I said, I haven't had it since I was eight years old. Went back. Man, I would, the things that you can find in Green Bay, it's amazing. So is Numchuck lucky that his nickname is Numchuck and not Quisp? Exactly. then you'd have Quisp and Quake. Exactly. <laughs> Quisp is one of the greatest cereals of all time. And I told Bill Cartwright that. But most people don't even know what remember, I'm talking about. But I don't think I've ever had Quake it. and Quisp. It was Quake no, 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 I remember. And we it. talked about it with Cyril Madness. Bring it on. Nupchuck's got it for me. Ladies and gentlemen, before your very eyes, the Quaker Oats Company will now introduce two new cereals. I'm Quisp, the Quisp new cereal from outer space. 
the biggest selling cereal from Saturn to Alpha Centauri. Crisp is sugary sweet and vitamin charged to give you crazy energy. What's new with you? I am Quake, the power cereal from inner space. Here at the Earth's core, I make Quake with deep down sweetness and vitamins to give you the power of an earthquake. Get Quake. Crisp is better. Uh, fellas, why not leave it to the kids out there? Take sides with either Quake or Quisp. Or Quake. Or Quisp. Two new cereals from Quaker. <laughs> sort of a breakfast feud. There it is. Quake and Quisp. Nunchuck, uh, assist to you. Fantastic. That was when they introduced it. That was in the early 70s, wasn't it? Did you ever mix the two? <sighs> Could you have done I that? I must have. I must have. Yeah, because yeah. I would have a box. The Quake was a red box, and Quisp was, a, was the blue box. And they had to have it in, in Illinois. Oh, they definitely yeah. had it. A, yeah. a friend of mine, uh, some people that I worked with in the restaurant I used to work with uh, back there in, in Algonquin, Illinois, yep. was uh, their father actually worked at the Quaker Oats plant, <laughs> which was right by there. So he used to bring home free samples of the stuff all the time. I love the stuff. Or at least he said they were free samples. And again, I don't know how he got them out the and door. And again, but. I had to have my Vienna all-beef hot dogs, and I could get that in Green Bay. I mean, it's like pulling teeth to try to get them out here. Sacramento, you can't get them anywhere. But again, Wrigley Field, the Vienna all-beef, you can't beat it. Well, it's like for people out here that don't know what an Italian beef is. I always tell people yeah. an Italian beef is a French dip with flavor. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> How we got on this, I have no idea. I don't know, but Quisp has a bit of a speech impediment. <laughs> Didn't the Quake guy sound like James Earl Jones? A little bit. I thought you it know, might be him. When I was seeing it, I don't know why, but I was visualizing <laughs> Quake doing that voice. <laughs> I believe that Marcellus Wallace uh, talked about the boy having a speech impediment there in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Maybe it was the voice of Maybe Quisp. it was Quisp. Yeah, Maybe exactly. he had too much Quisp as a youngster. <laughs> You have to have a speech impediment if you're going to say quisp, right? There's quisp and there's quake. Where know. is the quake? Oh, that's right. He's getting the COVID test. Jeez. All right. All right. Uh, it's going to be hard to get back uh, to sports, but uh, we will. Brian Salmon's going to join us in a little bit from uh, News 3. He would love this conversation. He's probably listening right now. Absolutely off the rails. All right. Speaking <laughs> of off rails, let, let's get to... What I talked about last week, and I really never got a chance to dive too much into it in the post-game edition, the Monday afternoon quarterback edition on Monday, but the Dolphins beat the Rams last week, okay, 28-17. to Talked a lot about this, and yes, I was on board with the Rams. I was afraid about the going back to the East Coast for the fourth time, the 10 o'clock in the morning game here on the West Coast, 1 o'clock back there in Miami, yes. And I got golfed, okay? Now let's make this perfectly clear that the Miami Dolphins all right, did not d- defeat the Rams because of Tua. No. Tua was not good. So let's be clear. Because a lot of people, and when he threw the first touchdown pass, the announcers were going crazy. But how about the very first play from scrimmage? What happened with Tua? Strip, sack, fumble, boom, done. There it is. Welcome to the NFL. And yes, I said all last week, I don't believe this guy is ready uh, for action. They should have never made it. I think you agreed with me too. Uh, Fitzpatrick had this team rolling. Yes, they got away with a victory against a sloppy Rams team. Jared Goff was atrocious. We've seen Jared Goff do this numerous times. Saw it doing the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yes. So if we had the Rams, you got goffed. 
we got golfed, plain and simple. But Tua uh, w- was not fantastic. When you look at his numbers, he was 12 for 22, 93 yards, and a quarterback rating of only 80.3. Yeah, he was a beneficiary of some uh, other fortuitous play with special teams play and other things that certainly worked out to their favor. Uh, I do want to give kudos to uh, Double B, Brian Benowitz, who – I believe went three and zero in the pros, yes. and he was on the side of Miami. But no, I agree with you, and and I was kind of in the middle because I think I even made the comment. I don't want to sound like I'm sitting on the fence here, but I just we I questioned the timing of it, of making the change with the way that Fitzpatrick was playing and everything else. I do like kind of that um, Miami has come out today, and uh, Brian Flores has said that, because now people are saying, is this an audition or something? No, it's not an audition. We're not going to audition this guy. We picked him. We believe in him just like we would pick, we believe in our other draft picks and that. So I like how he has his back, but I agree with you because people that didn't see the game or even look at real the highlights of the game, they see that one touchdown pass, they see the score, they go, wow, two is ready to go. No, it doesn't mean he's ready to go. It means the team was ready to go. They kind of won in spite of him. They did. And remember, they blasted San Francisco a couple weeks prior on the road. Then they shut out the Jets 24 to nothing. And Fitzpatrick wasn't great, but didn't need to be great. And the same thing, Miami's defense carried them. They ran the ball uh, effectively. But the bottom line is the Rams just killed themselves with the ridiculous turnovers by Goff, the interceptions, the fumbles. It was atrocious. And so that's why... There are reporters in Miami that question head coach Brian Flores and said, hey, is this an audition? So he squashed that. Here's the quote exactly that you're referring to. Brian Flores said this. There's a couple things out there. Let's call it a source close to Dolphins thinking and saying that we are auditioning Tua. I'm just going to tell you right now about my thinking. We brought Tua here because we believe in him. Same as all the other draft picks. We believe in developing players and improving players on a daily basis. That would be the opposite of giving someone a 10-game audition. That's just my thinking on that, just so everybody's clear. So, yes, you're, you made the decision that you're going to go with the guy, and that's what I think we talked about last week as well, too. If Tua blows up, you're not going to go back to Fitzpatrick, even though maybe you should. And if you are fighting for a playoff spot, which the Dolphins very well could be, and no one thought that in the beginning of the season, and then lo and behold, they start playing some pretty good football, and now you're thinking, hey, Miami, they could compete here. I mean, Buffalo's not blowing anybody away. New England is clearly not New England. The Jets are the Jets. Miami has a legitimate shot of being a playoff team with Fitzpatrick. With Tua, he's going to have to show me a heck of a lot more than what we saw in week one. Yes, I'm sure he'll get better, but I still don't think he is an upper echelon quarterback. Well, and I don't think he gives – you know, we often hear a coach say – I'm going to play the players that give our team the best chance to win. I'm not sure that's what Miami's doing. Absolutely not. Because I think Fitzpatrick actually gives them the best chance to win. So while it's not an audition, it certainly is, let's see what we have here. I do think maybe in the back of their head they're thinking, if we continue and we think we are a playoff team, we can go back to Fitzpatrick because he is the veteran. He's come in before. He might not be happy with the situation, but he'll handle it like a professional, and we can go in there. But what is the cost of that if that happens? Do you give away a game? That game could be the one that keeps you out of the playoffs down the road. So it is a slippery slope that they're playing with here. I know they want to see what Tua can do. My thought would have been, and this might have been a game where it could have worked out perfectly, as easily as they won with Tua not playing well, if Fitzpatrick was in there, they might have had a bigger lead than that in the third or fourth quarter. They could have played Tua then. They could maybe put him in in situations here and there to see what they have without putting him in and giving him the keys to drive the bus and play the entire game. They're going to do what they're going to do. 
You know, some people thought that they were auditioning Ryan Tannehill for years, a guy who was a wide receiver and hadn't played quarterback that long. He was okay, but he wasn't great. They've obviously made a commitment to Tua, but that doesn't mean you have to throw him in immediately. Especially with the injury concerns as well, too, because even in Alabama, he never played a complete full season without being injured. And the injury that he suffered in that last game against Ole Miss last year, we never thought he may not play football again. And is he ready? Is he not? He had no preseason to, to find out. So you were literally throwing this guy into the fire. And against the Rams, defense is pretty tough. But to be fair, yeah, the Rams did not play well. They were asleep. There's a lot of reasons for that. And, again, not discounting you know, anything how well the Dolphins are playing. But you know, let's just don't you know, start raving about Tua. Because if you watch the game like I did, like you did, that, you know, again, the eye test. The eye test does not say that Tua is going to be a great quarterback in this league. Well, and the other thing, too, and I don't think that people maybe really think about this or put it into account a lot of times, even though they won the game and you want to get people reps in that, I don't know what Tua's mental makeup is. Obviously, he's, he's, he's tough enough that he got past that injury. He's fought his way back. He's in playing shape and that kind of stuff. But if you play a couple games and you're not playing well, even if you win the games, a lot of people's toughest critic is himself. What are they doing to him mentally? Now, some people bounce back and they become better. Troy Aikman started his career horrible the first season or so, came out to be a pretty good quarterback and won some Super Bowls and stuff. But I don't know that sometimes that they put into that thing of when you rush a guy in too quickly, yeah, game experience is nice, but if you crush him mentally and he starts thinking, I can't do stuff because of things, you can also destroy him. Hopefully that's not what's going to happen here. Hopefully he does improve and he gets better and he learns from his mistakes. But it is a danger that you do. And I don't think, again, I don't know that everybody takes that into assessment here because we know that sports is hugely you have to have the athletic ability to play it well. But you also have to have that mental you know, right. stability and everything else out there. What's the difference between physically – Guys that are in the NFL and guys that win Super Bowls all the time. It's that confidence, whether it's basketball, football, hockey, baseball, tennis, whatever else out there. Why are the three guys still competing and dominating tennis? Because the other ones aren't mentally tough enough to beat them. So I hope it works out for them. I just think that I don't know how you look the other guys in that locker room in the face and say, we're not playing Fitzpatrick when I do think he gives them the best chance to win. Everybody's busting their butt to win, and you are you say you're not auditioning him, but he's not your best quarterback at this point. No, and, but, hey, they're giving him the keys to the car, and they're going to let him drive. And see, that was a perfect example for you to use Brett Favre as an example. Troy Aikman, nice, but, you know, Troy Aikman coming out of college, everybody knew he was going to be good. He's just on a bad team, 1-15. But Favre, like I said, if he would have went somewhere else besides Green Bay, they probably would have ran him out, especially if he was going to New York. But, again, as many interceptions as he threw, he's a guy that got better. And Holds, the record. Holds it, the record it, for him. Exactly. Exactly. It was horrible. And I can tell you, as a Packer fan, I, I couldn't stand the guy because he would just blow up and be going, Holmgren, why are you sticking with this clown? Well, I see something in him. I mean, Jerry Glanville didn't see anything in him. Hey, Mississippi, let's get rid of Mississippi because he's not going to be nothing. And he goes to Green Bay, and he was terrible for the first couple of years. But it took time, and even when the Packers started winning, and with that reckless style of play, he still drove Holmgren nuts. He drove Packer fans nuts. He drove me nuts. But, yeah, uh, he turned out to be you know something special. But that was over the course of time. Tua could be something special. But just from what we have got to look at 
you know what we saw at Alabama in limited time and one game it's it's going to take some time. Yeah, small but, sample size. And remember very, this too. Right. At Alabama every time he threw the ball Guys, were completely wide open. You're Alabama. You've got the best yeah. of the best. You the have best the best offensive, offensive line. line, the best blockers, the best special teams position wide players. Wide receivers, yeah, I mean, running backs. Everything you yeah. have makes exactly. your job a lot easier. Exactly. All right. Adam Schefter reported last week that a reason that the Dolphins decided to start Tua is that Miami owns Houston's first and second round draft picks coming up next year. And that could be actually a top five or top ten pick for Houston because they're not playing very well. And with the possibility of getting another quality quarterback like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Now, Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one overall. So I really don't know what Schefter was talking about with this. And I like Adam. He's been on the program before, you know, going way back when. But I'm not sure I understood that. Does that make any sense to you on why you would start Tua? Because what you're trying to tank or trying to lose some games, which again goes against what every coach and what every teammate believes. I mean, we're playing good football right now. Fitzpatrick is, is leading us. We're trying to win. So I don't know what Schefter w- what you meant by this, but he, he went on record of saying this. I'm not sure exactly what he means by it either, because first off, how far up in the draft are you going to move? And unlike some other sports out there too, you're not just taking the best player in the NFL. You're taking team needs in that. So, okay, if you move up a spot, but you pass a team that has a need that's completely different than your need. They weren't going to affect your pick anyhow. So, yeah, I, I, again, I agree with you. I think Adam Schefter uh, has a lot of good stuff out there. Maybe he needs to expound on this a little bit more and say exactly why they would do that. And I will tell you this. We just talked about if you're in that locker room and that, there's no way that as a head coach or any coach on that staff that you can go in that locker room and look all these guys in the eye and say, hey, I know we could make the playoffs. But we're trying to get one spot better or two spots better in the draft. Yeah. That makes no sense. And it's just not Houston's picks because you know Miami has their own first and second round pick as well. So if Miami has a poor record, obviously they'll draft uh, you know ahead of Houston if Houston you right. know, has a better record or, or vice versa in that case. But yeah, and again, uh, Trevor Lawrence he's going to go high. Justin Fields from Ohio State will probably go very high as well too. And the way things are, are working out, I don't see Miami or Houston having a top four or five pick. I don't see that. No, I mean Houston's gonna have. Probably and why would you a do that? Pick. You got Tua anyway. So what do you? What do you? What are yeah, you saying? Exactly. Yeah. Tua's your guy. Yeah, we're, we're 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 playing this guy so we can get the guy to replace him. It doesn't make any sense. No, so it makes no again, sense whatsoever. And, and before I went on air with this today, I mean, I really did homework. It's like okay, I I see, I see the story, I'm reading the story, but what what does this actually mean? And. uh it's, it's out there again today. Might be overthinking a little bit here. Might, so. might, might be trying to make a story when there's no story there. Exactly. There it is. All right. A guy who's always on top of stories here in Las Vegas, our good friend Brian Salmon from News 3. He's the sports director over there. We'll get his thoughts as we get ready for the Raiders and the Chargers, the battle of stadiums. All right. Even though this game is not Allegiant Stadium, it's at SoFi Stadium, which costs double the price of what Allegiant Stadium is, and that's where the Raiders will be playing against the Chargers. So we'll break that down with him and a whole lot more. It's the T.C. Martin Show on a Thursday. Now, now, more from your favorite sports radio physician, the doctor, T.C. Martin. All right, we get ready for a little Thursday night football tonight. Looking forward to the Packers and the Niners, despite all of the COVID concerns and players out. Look forward to that. We got the Raiders in action this week. We'll talk to our guy over at News 3, our sports director, 
They're always dapper. They always fly. And here's one. I bet you haven't heard of Rockmaster Scott and the Dynamic 3, B-Sal, have you? Pump it up there. Go oh, ahead. Really? Does the request line? Yeah. Oh! The request line? Of course. I can't believe God, you know that don't one. Don't try me. Don't try me. Woo! <laughs> I'm impressed, B-Sal, because you're a Vallejo guy. It was, was, wasn't playing Vallejo. I was playing in Sacktown, but I was getting it from New York City, man. As was I. You got to forget, I, uh, I have an older brother. My older brother lived in Philadelphia where my mother lives, and he used to send me mixtapes from Philly, and this song was actually on one of the mixtapes that I had back in the day. It was one of my favorite joints. I've gotten this song on my, um, on my. I guess we don't have iPods anymore, but on my phone that has a bunch of music on it right now. B-Sal, come on. You didn't expect to start this interview. You don't do any interviews that has this type of musical knowledge. Not a request line? Like, there's no, I didn't think you knew what that song was. Oh, come on, man. Jeez. You gotta remember who invented the funk, okay? I invented the West Coast funk. Let's go. Oh, gosh. Here, Ballpark, here Frank go. is, okay, Ball, Ballpark Frank is looking at me like, what the hell are you talking about? I, I know Quest Love, but that's about it. <laughs> Quest Love. That's good, though. Quest Love is yeah. a man. There you go. Quest Love is a man. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. He, can keep, he can keep the beat, that's for sure. He can't keep it. All right, man. So, uh, <laughs> he keeps the beat. Let me ask you this, man. All right, so with all this election coverage... That's been going crazy. Is there actually even room for sports on your newscast? Are are you on? Are you even working right now? Do they even have a job for you? That's what I wonder. They say, you know, "Hey, B Cell, take a vacation because your mug's not getting on TV." That's funny you say that because they told me that on Tuesday. <laughs> I had this feeling. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I actually I didn't work on Tuesday, and um, I did come in yesterday, and I'm in I'm right now. But um, but uh, yeah, no, they they definitely didn't have anything for us to do during the election coverage. But I mean, come on, the Raiders, we gotta you gotta cover the Raiders. The Raiders are fighting for first place in the AFC West, man. We gotta talk about them. I mean, they're way better than the Chicago Bears, right? Yeah, <laughs> just because you're upset, because right now they're trying to count the ballots to see how many minutes you get on the show tonight. Don't take it out of my Bears, man. That's it. Bears! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my. The bounds have definitely killed my minutes, that's for sure. <laughs> so let me ask you this, okay? And I'm sure our listeners would want to know this. What is it like being around a news station this past week? Well, it, it, for a sports guy, honestly, it's wonderful because, like I said, on Tuesday during Election Day, uh, I got an email the day before from the news director saying, hey, we're not having any sports because – uh, our station took the national NBC feed, so we didn't even have any really any news shows during that day. We just oh, used the okay. national NBC, right? So um, I didn't have to do anything. I was sitting at home, man, just chilling. And then, of course, yesterday, um, you know, everything went back to normal just because nothing is happening. You know, we're hurry up and waiting right now. So, um, but anytime you're around, a, around an election, if it's a local election, the national presidential election, for a newsroom, it is bananas. And as a sports guy, you want to be as far away from that as possible. You see, that's what I, I thought. That okay, I thought you might be around, but they just told you, okay, get out of here. We don't need. So you wouldn't actually. You haven't really experienced it. So you know, you weren't there Tuesday, and I was. Would even think Monday and even Wednesday. You know, yesterday would have been a little bit crazy around there too. Well, no, I, I was here Monday and I was here yesterday, and it, it wasn't crazy just because okay. nothing happened. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. So. Right. Yeah, and I've been around newsrooms around the country and different jobs and whatnot, 
it, in during elections. It's just bananas. They order pizza and there's a million people running around their heads cut off. It, it, our station did it right, though. Ratings were the best. Yeah, well, you, you know, I mean, you you got to count those votes, and you know, uh, for some people, that's apparently difficult to do or whatever. So it takes a lot of time out there. But but at least yesterday came back to normal, so you could really dive into that uh, the Mac attack as they uh, opened their season last night, right? Oh, don't say the Maction. <laughs> Just don't say the word Maction. I did. I purposely didn't, and then you brought it. We said yesterday we'd never say it again, and then you got to say it. Well, and, and then our goofball producer over here, what's he want to do? He sends me a thing about the commercial of the Maction. He goes, "Hey, we should use this." I said, "No." We just talked about we're never going to say it again. And he goes, no, we, we, we should use this. Now he's probably trying so to find you're it. not supposed to say you've said like four times now? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I never knew it was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, Frank, man, all I do is we just do local over here, baby. <laughs> like for the, I mean, we, we do. We really do. Like, I don't, I don't do anything national for the most part unless it's something that's really, really huge. Um no, I, 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 I know that, man. I watch your I watch your broadcast every night. I just brought that up because I knew it would get a rise out of TC. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good reason to do it. <laughs> My bad, Frankie. You know, I think we're going to – we'll have to have uh, B. Sal on and do a name that tune with him. We'll have to do an old school name that tune. And, and, and we, yeah, You got it. request line. I'm, I'm still impressed you got Rockmaster Scott in the Dynamic 3. That's outstanding. Yeah, on the request line. That's my joint, man. That's an old – yeah, that's, that's a good song. All that's right. like you playing jam on it, and I'm not supposed to know that either. Oh, a little nucleus? Because Max sticks louder than Will you get rid of that nunchuck? If you're going to do anything, then go, go go play one of my bumpers, and we'll test B-Sal right now. Okay, pick any one. I don't even know which one he's picking out. Pick, pick one, B-Sal. You got, you got five seconds to uh, name that tune. Oh, come on. That's too easy. <laughs> See? You said what tune? You asked me to name one tune. Go ahead. That was it. Go ahead. Hey, really? This is uh, this is Will Smith. Welcome to Miami. <laughs> Not even close. What are you talking? Where this? This isn't the sample I'm channel. A I'm, I'm making a joke. That's the song they they sampled this song. Of course they did. What was it? So you came. Let me see. Oh, no. I know the song, but I don't know the artist. Now, now you're all over the place. You got to stick with with the first song. Now you give him another song. You're confusing the poor guy. You got to stick with the original song. That was the whispers, and the beat goes on, man. That's what that was. Yeah. Now this thing, you know this one. Now you know this one. It sounds like the rapping Duke. <laughs> the rap. <laughs> I can't believe that was it. That wasn't the rapping Duke. Oh. <laughs> It's not like the Rappin' Duke. The Rappin' Duke was oh, like a one-hit funny. wonder from San Francisco. That's hilarious. You remember the Rappin' Duke? Now, wait. Is it Duke Come or Duke? Seriously, you, man. the Rappin' Duke, Oakland. that was on this, like, I remember getting this record. It was like the thickest record I could ever get, a 12-inch, and, and it was like this light brown, it was like a Rappin' Duke, and it was okay, but it was on this obscure label that no one could find. But then again, B-Sal being Mr. Bay Area, of course, you would know the Rappin' Duke. That that song was terrible. Uh, That that song was terrible. Yes. All right. Frank, Please don't play that. Do you want to bring us show. back to sports, Frank? Is that what you're saying? No. I, all of a sudden, I was thinking maybe it should have been the rapping Dookie then or something. So. <laughs> that, that, it, it sounded like the rapping Dookie. That's a good, yeah. Look at Frank, man. Frank is there for the one-liners. He's over there getting his, uh, 
Uh, That's what he does. Yeah, he he is he is our Jesse Merrick. There you go. I just need to get as many and I just need to get as many endorsement deals as Ed McMahon had. I know that's right. Buy, me too. Buy my insurance now and uh, fill my pockets. You're lucky I didn't call you the, the Amber. Man. At least I didn't call you the Amber Dixon of our of our crew there, Frank. Yeah, I think that'd be more insulting to her than me. <laughs> it was a good call, Frank. You can't, you can't stump Frank. You cannot stump this man. He is a professional. A professional. Yeah, the only way to stump me is uh, name me to ask that music that you guys are talking yeah. about. <laughs> oh, man, you knew the first song. You had to know Michael Jackson. No, no, I, 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 I knew some of them, but I, I am definitely more classic rock than... Uh, you know, funky jazz stuff. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> no, I, I got you. I got you. Of like, course, if you I got a... any classic rock song. I would never know it. Exactly. And, yeah. and of course, I got a, a producer back here now. You know, Magnet could, could actually appreciate. He could appreciate a little bit of the funk, so he would get into that. But Numchuck back yeah. here. I mean, he he picks a Michael Jackson song. He actually thinks that's funk. You know, <laughs> he's giving me this look right now. Well, there's some people around that I hear think that Michael Jackson is doo-wop, so what do I know? That's a good point. That's a good point. Oh, wow. That's, wow. That's another show. He's closer to doo-wop than he is funk. That's for sure. That's true. That'd be some funky doo-wop. Oh. Yeah, he's definitely closer to doo-wop than funk. All right. Uh, B-Sal, let's talk about these Raiders, man. Okay? You've been, wow. you've been there. You've been covering it. We know what it's all about. They got the win in Cleveland last week. Now they're going... To uh, SoCal, to SoFi Stadium, the battle of the new stadiums, Raiders, Chargers, this Charger team, atrocious, man. I mean, they look like a very good football team, but they built three 17-point leads and came away with zero victories in those games where they led by 17-plus. Anthony Lynn's going crazy here. This team's got talent. What are we going to expect from the Chargers and Raiders this weekend? We we maybe can um, expect... Some sort of a, uh, I don't even want to say it like that because it sounds bad, but the, I was going to say suicide by Anthony Lynn. Just because, like, man, his team has got to be, he's going to have, he has no hair, but if he had hair, it'd be super gray and it would be going bald because I, I couldn't imagine being a coach of that team. And if you add up all of their losses, I think it's, they've lost by a total of like 16 points or something crazy like that. It, it's absurd. I mean, the absurdity that's going on there from their quarterback getting his, his lung punctured. By getting a shot to uh, – they they can't get right. If you remember that movie Life with Eddie Murphy oh, and yeah. um, Martin Lawrence. And don't and, forget uh, Rick James. Rick James is in the movie too, my friend. Don't forget about it. Hold on, Rick James. I don't – where was he at? He was in there. He was, he was a convict. He played like a real life – that was a real life story there. <laughs> I don't believe Rick James was in there. He had to have been dead by then. Yeah, no? No. No, man. He was there. What, dead okay, by, yeah, what are you well, talking about? Well, I, I didn't. I thought he might have been passed by then, but no. No. Bokeem Woodbine. His 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 uh, character name was Can't Get Right. Right. And that is officially what <laughs> the right. Los Angeles. That's what the Los Angeles Chargers are. They can't get right at all. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but, a Bokeem Woodbine seating with the with the silver tooth and with the gap tooth. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Strong by Brian <laughs> Salmon. By the way, you're, by, by the way, you're talking about uh, their coach getting gray hair and that. How much gray hair do you think the the uh, sportsbook directors are getting right now with in-game wagering on their team? Oh yeah, man, yeah, that's true, huh? Yeah, because <laughs> they uh, they cover the first half and then the second half they well you bet the under, I guess, right in the second half because that's the, they tend to always lose in the second half. 
It seems like these sports book people, they know everything. Well, I think, everything. What, I think what you would bet is you would take the team that's down by 17 or whatever because you probably got a pretty good line in them at that point to win the game outright. <laughs> yeah, can you, yeah, can you imagine the odds on that? Yeah. Oh, breaking news, Brian Salmon. No, this is not an election update. It is news that officially Rick James played Spanky Johnson in life. Thank you very much. <laughs> Do not mess with the doctor. <laughs> and the crew. Nunchuck assist. Oh, wow. Spanky Johnson, yeah. yeah. That's wild. I don't remember him playing in that movie, but uh, I do remember that movie. That's, that, that movie's a, um, a sleeper classic. A sleeper classic. <laughs> yeah, remind and me, I'll, I'll share all kinds of Rick James stories. You know you know who the first promoter to promote Rick James once he got out of the joint at Folsom Prison? You know who that was, Brian Salmon? Wow, it, it must have been some guy. It must have been... Some uh, fake doctor, T.C. <laughs> Martin. There it was, man. Exactly. Yeah. I was not a doctor how, at that time, about, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express. There you go. There you go. I, and I, I picked up on your drop entering uh, this segment from um, from uh, Coming to America. I right, see. That boy, good. <laughs> there you go. See? You fit yeah. right in. Be Sal, you, you, you're fitting right in, man. Uh, Raiders, I, Chargers, come on. Who's winning this yes, game? Yes. Ooh, it's a, you know what? This is a really tough game. Yeah, I, I said this on the air last night, and I'll say it today. Um, the fact that the Raiders are not favored, but it's a game that they really should win. You know what I mean? They're playing a team that's, what, 2-5, and five, I want to say. And even though they're on the road, the Raiders are 4-3, and three, but their offense is, is doing well. People bash Derek Carr. I've gone on the air and, and talked directly to those people that bash Derek Carr. And you look at his numbers, if you want to talk numbers, He's, I believe, he has like the second or third best QBR in, um, maybe the fourth best in uh, the National Football League. His uh, completion percentage is top three, I think, in the NFL as well. He's top three, maybe, in, in interceptions. Uh, he only has two, fourteen touchdowns and two interceptions. Yeah, you're you're 100 yeah. percent correct. So a lot of people talk trash about him, but he's playing well, man, and the team is doing well. Uh, they got Jonathan Abram back. That was a big key. Uh, my guy Lincoln Kennedy told me, like, listen, they get Jonathan Abram back. That was the um, missing piece against Tampa Bay, one of the missing pieces, because they, they couldn't stop the run and they're bad in the back end. So that's good. But I just heard today that um, the, Mr. Can't get right as far as, like, on the, the Raiders football team. His name is Trent Brown. Yes. Unfortunately, I hate him saying because he's a nice dude, man. Like, I, I, I enjoy talking to him. The general giant. But I heard he's been placed back on the COVID-19 list. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Back again and don't want to, you know, Man, don't know what he's happened. one game. I know. He's played one game. I don't know. It, it's, I, I don't want to go out and say, like, what's he doing? Because we don't, don't know enough about this. If exactly. What this is. Exactly. It's, it's just, it's, uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. It, yeah, so. you don't want to be insensitive, right? So I, I get that completely. Um, it just seems that, well, and every, it, it, covid affects everyone differently. So, But uh, the one thing that we do know, and you've heard the reports, I'm sure, back when he first got it, is that he didn't follow proper protocols from what I heard. And, um, and that's why the office of linemen, that, uh, the rest of the office of line, were in the, the COVID-19 protocol going into the Tampa Bay game because of Trent Brown from what I had heard, right? So, um, and now, man, I mean, they, they need him. They need him. I believe didn't um, Rodney Hudson get hurt last game? Uh, I remember. I believe he went out with an injury. So, I mean, the offensive line has already been depleted. 
Denzel Good was a feature interview yesterday during the Raiders um, interview session. And he's a guy that John Gruden is just praising because he's played every position on the offensive line. A guy who nobody knew who the heck he was is being like the MVP of the team playing the offensive line. Gruden said that Denzel Good could probably play two positions on the offensive line at the same time. <laughs> That's how well he's been. You know, you so. talk you talk about the NFL protocol on that, and with Brown maybe uh, being in violation of that, Kendrick Bourne is now under investigation from the NFL for not wearing a face mask around uh, with the COVID that he has in that. Are we getting to a point where we know that there's so many coaches that have different ancillary jobs in that in the NFL? Is part of the job of somebody going to be to make sure that everybody's following the proper protocol for COVID violations so they don't get more restrictions or more people for contacting or something else potentially suspended down the line even if they don't have it just because someone else that did have it isn't wearing a mask? So you want me to call Johnny Gray and the uniform police? You want to institute that type of policy? Well, this would be the COVID police. There you go. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) He makes a good good point. No, Frank, you make a good point. I mean, if if you want to keep – especially an organization like the Raiders. I hate to say it right now, but out of the teams in the NFL, the Raiders have almost been dealing with the whole COVID-19 worse than almost anybody in the league, if you think about it. From Gruden saying that he's already had he's had it, to the players going to that one, um, to Darren Waller's, uh, his charity event, and, and, and getting fined for that. You know what I mean? Like the guys taking pictures and not wearing masks. And then... Um, the players with Trent Brown affecting the team and everything else, it seems like if you go out and look at the teams and what has happened, the Raiders are almost, I hate even saying this, but the Raiders are almost the uh, Miami Marlins of the NFL. You know what I mean? Like it, they, they haven't been good. So it would behoove them to have somebody that does that, I would think, because you can't afford to keep having key players go down with COVID-19 um, being exposed to it and then having to sit out 10 days, or what is it? Yeah, 10 days from last contact or whatever, right? Yep. yep. Not good. Not good. But with all that being said, I do think the Raiders win this weekend. I think their offense is good. Um, missing Trent Brown, they, he's only been there once. In one game he was there, they won. But they haven't had him, so I don't think missing him is going to be a big deal. And uh, they got Abram back, which is a big deal. Uh, Arnett practiced today, so he may be coming back. Net way, can't don't don't mess with the net. That's what he calls himself. So, I think they can go to Los Angeles. I almost say San Diego all the time. I know. <laughs> go I to know. Los Angeles and win that game. All right, the battle of the new stadiums. Uh, again, no no fans there at SoFi, no fans at Allegiant. You and I have talked uh, about Allegiant Stadium before. And, and real quick, Brian, I want to get your thoughts because you've covered Super Bowls. You've, you've spent a lot of time in New Orleans, the Superdome, and this and that. Just kind of, you know, we know that. Allegiant Stadium more than likely is going to be hosting a Super Bowl in 2024. Uh, give, yeah. a, give a quick comparison to our listeners about Allegiant Stadium, Superdome, and some of the other uh, mega sites that host major events. Man, I think that, um, one, the fact that it's brand new. So, I mean, that, that's a big, that's a big uh, feather in his cap. But, yes, I've been to a few Super Bowls. Um, to the stadium in Phoenix, uh, I've been to Jerry World, right. the Superdome, um, you know, New England, because I work there. I mean, I've been to Seattle. Uh, I, I think that Allegiant Stadium is top-notch. I haven't been to Lo-Fi, and I wanted to go this weekend, but I, I'm not going to be able to go. But Allegiant is going to be great. And the biggest thing about 
having the Super Bowl in your city is your city has to be able to host an event. It's more than just a stadium. And no place in the country hosts events better than Las Vegas. New Orleans may be equal, but nothing better than Las Vegas, and that's going to be a huge feather in our cap, man. I can't wait for it to happen. You got it. All right, he is Brian Salmon, the sports director at News 3. Uh, on his way to work, uh, tell everyone when they can catch you tonight. I appreciate it, man. I'm sitting. I'm going to go inside right now. Uh, the news comes on at 6, uh, 10 o'clock on the CW, and 11 o'clock on Channel 3 as well. Yeah, check us out. Myself, Amber Dixon, got a little Raiders report today. Um, we're talking Raiders. We're talking UNLV and maybe a little bit of uh, VGK. I've heard some hockey news out here that we may uh, talk about tonight. So, yeah, check us out. Cool. Hey, Brian, I know you're always looking for the strange stuff. Which has said more in this game, San Diego Chargers or Oakland Raiders? Or Washington Redskins. <laughs> but in this game, oh, I know you're saying, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely say uh, LA or the San Diego Chargers. I, I can't. We can't. I can't not say that. But but I I've heard. A lot of it, but like I, I I hear announcers every week during the Raiders game say Oakland and then correct themselves. Really, you know what's wild about that? I talked with Jesse about this. Mm-hmm. I've never once said Oakland Raiders. It, it, to me, it seems easy. I don't know. I, I don't have a problem yeah, saying. And I'm, I was like, I was born in Oakland, right? You, because like, we're so used to it here because we've been talking about it for the last two years. So, all right, yeah. uh, real quick, beast out. We're gonna leave you with this. Here we go. Oh, Uh-oh. Mr. Randy Watson. Yes, <laughs> Randy Watson. <laughs> that boy is good. Good and terrible. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and Brown. Classic. There you go. Here comes your here comes your favorite group, B. Sal. Who is it? Your very special man, Reverend Brown. Reverend Brown, yeah. Reverend Brown. Randy, Randy Brown. Ra- yeah, Randy Watson. In so the name of the group. Beautiful. Give yourself some. Uh, the, um, Everyone's so lovely. Uh, sexual chocolate. Yeah. Get out of here. here. I'd like to give a big round of applause to my band, <laughs> Sexual Chocolate. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> there it is, B. Sal. Take us uh, out. This is the best. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I believe the future. There it is. There, we go from the request line to sexual chocolate. I'm all the beauty inside. All right. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, you go to, to News 3, and you can see Brian Salmon singing this song in his super three-piece fly suit. No doubt. Uh, I got a fresh suit on tonight, too, man. Check it out. Well, I, I, I know you guys aren't building that train from Vegas to L.A. because this show is way off the rails today. Oh, uh, it was, but you can't end the show better than with Randy Watson and Sexual Randy Chocolate, Watson. man. That, oh, my goodness gracious. All right, peace out. We'll catch you later, brother. Hey, we appreciate you. I look forward to seeing you at the games, man. We'll see you at UNLV on All Saturday. Right. All right, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Allegiant. My man, TC. I appreciate it. Take care, brother. Be good. You got All it. All right, Frankie. You do be good. All right, there he is, Brian Salmon, News 3. want to thank him uh, for joining us. And uh, also, earlier in the show, Ken Thompson as well, too. If you missed any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Tomorrow, Cosmopolitan. Come see us at 2.